0: Guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest, Scott Ritzheimer. He's the scale architect. He's author of the founders evolution. Today's conversation is all about the founders evolution. We're going to talk about founders, quandaries and dilemmas, exits tech, one thing I'm really passionate about. So Scott, welcome.
1: Hey, uh, so glad to be here. Uh, I I love podcasts like this. I I always tell folks that uh, a podcast literally changed the course of my life. It was a a conversation similar to this that completely put me on a new trajectory. And every time I come, it's kind of my hope and expectation that somebody listening will get a little piece of that uh, because I know the power that podcasts can have. So thanks for the invite. I'm excited to be here. Tell the audience more about
0: your story, how you got started, what you're doing, and um, we'll get right into the show.
1: Yeah, it's a great segue because it really did start with a, uh, a podcast in many ways. But a little bit before that, I somewhat accidentally ended up co-founding a company uh, uh, on about my 21st birthday. Uh, this uh, A long story, make it short, I, I was looking for a part-time job, basically. I uh, ended up working for a company that was sold uh, about two months after I started and then systematically but unintentionally destroyed. Uh, we, we, we see this happen all the time. Small business, uh, it was largely dependent on the founder at the time. And so, even though it was a good business, even though it was profitable, when he sold it, he, he kept the biggest asset. That was him. Uh, and, and nobody really knew that. Everyone kind of knew that, that, you know, that was part of it. But I, I witnessed it firsthand. My introduction to the world of business was a failed business acquisition. And coming out of that, the, the, the acquirers, the, the purchasers said, hey, we, we can't do it. If you want the company back, it was owner financed. If you want the company back, you can have it. We're going to declare bankruptcy in 24 hours. You let us know. So hmm. the previous owner, uh, and who became, uh, who invited me on to co-found the relaunch with him, he basically drove up, uh, to, to get the, the final assets that were left. And at this point it's like two broken computers and you know, those desk chairs that like don't have any padding left in the middle. It's oh. just like sitting right on the plastic. It was one of those that, that was about all that was left of, of what had been a multimillion dollar company. Uh, and so on his trip back, he said, "Hey, I can't do this alone. Will you will you help me launch it?" And so we did. Now this is September two thousand and eight. Uh, it's not a great time to launch a business, uh, but we you know we fought scratch. We ran it out of his basement. We got the letters from the HOA to prove it. Like that's just the whole nine yards. Uh, and and it was just scrappy. And, and i loved it I, I think a lot for a lot of uh, of entrepreneur even for folks that are are that get into a profession those those kind of early days of doing what it is that you want to do right of, of helping people if you're a dentist you know doing dental procedures if you're filling the blank whatever it is it it's fun right it's just you're making money and then you're making more money and it's really cool and, and then you kind of wake up one day and it's like It's not fun anymore. And I don't know what else to say about it. It, It's just, if I, if I didn't own this business, if it didn't have my name on the placard, I wouldn't show up today, right? I'm, I'm done. I want like, something's got to change. And and for us, uh, that hit, We had around 50 employees. Um, We had a a bit of a leadership team in place. And, uh, you know, the recipe was kind of like, if we add a sales rep, we add a million dollars and we rinse, repeat, recycle. That was kind of our strategic planning process. And then we added a sales rep and it only added about 700,000. Then we added a sales rep and it only added like 500,000. And what happened was even though we were making more money, quote unquote, the top line, our bottom line started shrinking we had more overhead, we had more extra stuff, there's this complexity. And, and I found myself in a position that a lot of leaders uh, find. And, and, and I, I thought I was the only one who ever went through this at the time, right? We, we kind of all think it's, like, oh, it's just me. It's the just the pain that I'm having. I thought I missed it. Uh, and, and the kind of resounding question for me at that stage was, is this it? Like, is this what it actually means to lead a, a, a successful business? Because from the outside, everything looked fine, but inside, it was pretty miserable. Uh, and that's where I found uh, a podcast. Uh, it was by a gentleman who is uh, now a friend and mentor of mine. His name is Les McEwen And what he did, he talked about these different stages that businesses go through. and And what I found is we were in a, a, a normal stage. It was it was uncomfortable. It was problematic, but it was normal. And, and for me, it was kind of one of those, it was the very first time I ever felt like we were on a map as an organization. For me, as a leader, I wasn't kind of, you know, embarking off into uncharted territory. I was walking down a road that lots of other people had walked down. I just didn't know any of them. And, and so I finally found that there was a map and, and it really changed everything for me. Uh, Once I knew that I was on a map, I knew that there was an actual route to where we were trying to get to. There were specific steps we could take. And uh, I was able to walk my business through that. We tripled our bottom line in a single year. Uh, and I was able to go straight out of being, you know, leveraging into that situation to building a new leadership team who could take over after I left and was able to successfully scale, uh, scale the company at that point, but then sell it very quickly afterwards. Uh, and they're still going strong today. So that's that's all in a relatively, anyone watching on videos, like this guy looks like he's 22. Is this really possible? And it's, it, it all did happen. I promise. Uh, I'm not 22 anymore. Um, but uh, all of that happened in a relatively short period of time.
0: Yeah, interesting stories. So, kind of talk about you um, this uh, seven stages. What is the founder's evolution, and there's seven stages.
1: Yeah, if I can figure out how in a podcast format to get to all seven stages, uh, we'll all be will be wonderful. But I want to dial in on a couple of spots, especially where folks I think in your audience are, are going to uh, to to find themselves and fundamentally what it is, is as leaders, as businessmen and women, uh, as founders, as physicians, fill in the blank, oftentimes we want to get to the next level. But the, the question that I have for folks, anytime I hear that is, what is the next level? <laughs> you know, How do you actually define that? And, and more often than not, they're not actually trying to get to the next level. They're trying to do the same level more. And, but we call it the next level and then we're miserable when we don't get there, but where is there? And so that haunted me as, as a founder myself is this kind of like, we got to grow, we got to get to the next level. I never had any clue what the next level was. I had a decent idea of what was in the rearview mirror, right? I, I kind of understood how we got here, but every time I started thinking about what it was growing, it was just more of today. And that's not what growth is. Uh, and so, having had the opportunity to kind of walk this at a relatively early uh, stage in my career, and then also the opportunity, we launched a, a, and helped launch about twenty thousand different organizations—some for profits, some nonprofits, some solopreneurs, some you know businesses that sco- scaled up and went international—and and seeing this just happen at scale gave me this perspective to recognize we're all going through this same set of challenges, right? And the next level is not so much this like next level of coolness. Many times the next level is a new challenge that we're not even remotely prepared for yet. I, I kind of took it and, and what, these, what the Founders Evolution is, is it's a map of the seven stages. There are seven distinct stages from pre-launch to when we've sold or stepped back. However, you want to uh, transition out, but from pre-launch through succession, that we go through as founders, uh, and and by knowing what these stages are, by identifying the fact, giving them a name, not only can we achieve the next level, but we actually can do it in in a fraction of the time with a fraction of the effort.
0: Yeah, I love that, and you know, kind of um, people that are listening to this, they want to. out more about the seven stages will include resources and how to contact you um but what is the one thing every founder must do um and it's like the most important thing of this show
1: yeah and it's a great uh, place to talk about this because it it, you you can't do it without the stages I, i i make the argument that the most important question in business is not what's your strategy. It's not how are you going to sell? It's not even what do you offer or what do people buy? The most important question in business is when? When are you, right? So as a physician, you're a big part of the success of of your practice. Uh, Even if you've got associates working with you, uh, where you are and the stage that you are in as a leader is the primary driving factor for what's going to create success for you over the next two, three, to 20 to 30 years. You've got to know where you are in the process. You have to know when you are in the journey. And if you can do that, if you can get crystal clear on where you are, on when you are, that's what's going to give you the ability to grow. Now, example of this, uh, this is hard to do in the world of founders because there's not any kind of like external markers that say you are here, right? There's, there's no little point on the map that says you are here. And so the the illustration I like to use with my clients is, uh, if if we're at a sports game, it's football season now, right? And so <laughs> you're at a football game. There are different positions there, and and most of us have had experience where you know we've been the trainee on the sideline. Like doctors know how to do this better than anybody, right? The amount of training that you go through before you can really get into the game is is phenomenal. Uh, We know what it's like to be the star player. We know what it's like to go and build our own practice. And, and, or, you know, even if you're working with someone else to do the work that you do, Uh, some of you may know what it's like to even manage a group of people, whether that's other associates or or folks at the front desk or people doing your billing. And and what we don't know how to do is to how to be a coach on the sideline, right? Mm. How do you grow your practice if you can't take on any more work? right? How do you grow your practice if you don't take on any work? And that gets hard, right? What value do I add to the organization? What do I do with my hands? You know, and and what happens is we are a coach on the sideline. There's a distinct stage in the journey where it's not about how fast you are, how many patients you see, or how great you are at making decisions, even. It's about how effectively you can get others to execute. Mm. And so, if we keep thinking it's about me and how and more, you know, more pressure, more pressure, more. I have to do more. We're going to fail to learn the skills needed to coach effectively.
0: Yeah, I love that uh, talking and kind of uh, shifting from me to we. One question is: uh, as the listeners are listening, they say um, you talk about difference between founders and leaders, and you talk about how you speak to founders, um, kind of expand upon that.
1: So leadership is leadership. Yes, that's true. There are principles that we can all take from it. But here's the big difference and, and why I think founders have the hardest journey out of all of them. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a physician or a farmer, uh, we, we all go through these same seven stages. And the thing that's different for founders than for everybody else is that there is no external validation that the stage has changed. Example from just the world of a normal employee, right? You come in, you're working at the front line. Uh, they see you do a great job, and they're like, "We're going to promote you to a manager." Now you're managing the front line, and 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 that's a hard transition to make, right? The best you know doers aren't always the best managers, but at least they got a different title to tell them that the game has changed. You know, hmm. when you're a founder. Uh, and and you're out there and you're you let's you, 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 like a physician you're taking care of patients and you're like I need someone at the front desk now you got someone at the front desk, uh, and and they're doing a great job and and now shoot we've got a billing problem so we need someone to start billing and and we end up with this little team around us, but there was no one day that we became a manager r- right it, no, no one gave us a business card that said you are now a manager, uh, it just kind of happens eventually and and we wake up one day. And, and I would say it's whenever you find yourself with a, a handful of, of, of employees, we don't even know exactly what number it is. Just there's a handful of people around and they need to be told what to do, right? They need Some of them need, need to be told how to do it. And, and that couldn't be further from your wiring, right? It's just like, I don't want to be told what to do. Uh, hmm. You start, especially for founders, they started their practice. They didn't associate, right? Or, or they launched theirs after associating because they, they saw that there was a better way. And so, for founders, there is no sidelines like there is on a sports field. There are no there are no positions or different titles that we get as we progress through these stages. And so, for me, it was important to to create a, a a structure to create again a map that that articulated what these different stages are, so folks can understand when the stage has changed. Because there's nothing else that says that the stage has changed.
0: Mm, yeah, I
1: love that. Um, next
0: question is, why do founders um, get stuck? What, what, are, what are the causes of that?
1: Yeah, it, it, it happens all the time. And, and again, as we're kind of going at this from different stages, you can see how the stages start to explain some of the challenges that we face. Number one way that founders get stuck is that because it's not clear that the stage has changed, they are still using the strategies of the past and trying to create use those to create success in the present. And if it was the same stage that would work, it would probably even work better, but it's not the same stage anymore. And again, if we were a, if we were a coach on the sideline, everyone would be able to see that. If you're coach on the sideline and you see the ball coming and your guy's gonna miss, it's like, oh, I'll help on and help. And you jump out onto the field and catch the ball. It's a penalty, right? Like it's an embarrassment. Everyone's like that. It doesn't matter how amazing the catch was. It's not gonna move you guys forward. It's gonna move you guys backwards. Well, in the business world, uh, especially for folks that, that have, have been in this kind of operating mode for a long time, who, whose success came from you know, how full they could get their schedule, how many people they could see, how effectively they could treat them, uh, that, those things don't create success when you've got a team of people around you anymore. It's not Mm. about how effective you are. It's about how effective they can be. And so we get stuck hanging on to the strategies of the past, not knowing that there's a new stage and a new set of strategies for success.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, Moving on, one thing uh, talking about is, um, so you talked about kind of the founder and then founder-led companies and kind of the two biggest companies that I'm thinking of, like, is like meta or Facebook, and then, you know, Zuckerberg is kind of the only one who's still there, you know, like Steve Jobs, and, you know, Bill Gates, all these, they kind of uh, Jeff Bezos, they all kind of migrated off, and there's people running it. So why do so many organizations begin to die the moment their founder leaves?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great. You brought up Steve Jobs because this is a, just a beautiful illustration of what happened here. Uh, if you take Steve Jobs 1.0 and the exit of Steve Jobs 1.0 is because uh, it, it's actually because we fail to do one thing, and it's just one very specific thing, and it's one of the hardest things that you'll do uh, as a founder, and that is that they hand they hand off their organization to someone other than a visionary. Now, in Steve Jobs' case, it was forced out of him, right? Uh, uh, in in uh, Bill Gates. Uh, example, you see the similar thing. Who came in after Bill Gates was Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer is an amazing leader, right? He's done outrageous, unbelievable things for Microsoft. But you can trace the begin of their decline to the time that Steve Ballmer came in, and and why? It's because he he didn't have a vision for the future of where computing was going to go. They missed the whole you know handheld device uh, revolution. What he'd had a vision for was was cultivating the vision of the past. So what happens when you don't bring in another visionary leader, someone who can see further than you already are now, someone who even challenges your own vision for the future of the organization, you need that at the top of the org chart. You need that for the organization to keep succeeding. Now, uh, you may bring someone in and you might have a couple of years, you know, uh, again, Steve Ballmer is a great example. Sales might still go up. But what happens is uh, I've got a, a dog. She's a, a lab greyhound mix. So she loves to run. And, and uh, we also get these really crazy windstorms here in Georgia that just kind of come out of nowhere. And then they, they disappear into nowhere. Uh, but after one of these windstorms, I had taken my dog Bella out for a walk. And we're going through the woods and there's this giant, giant oak tree uh, that's, that's back in the woods. And from the outside, every part of it looked brilliant, right? It even had leaves and everything. And as we're walking by after this windstorm, I look over and it's, it's fallen over. Uh, it's just completely collapsed on itself. And, and when it fell, it opened up the inside and it was almost completely hollow inside it had been eaten out from the inside out and that's what happens for for organizations that don't have that strong visionary leader at the top is they look fine from the outside all the analysts are happy but inside they are dying and and it's slow uh and 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 it's hidden but uh, but it happens again and again and again. So what's that one thing again? It's it's to find someone who's not just going to chase after your vision for your organization, but who can bring a fresh new vision for where the organization needs to go.
0: Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love um, that story of Microsoft because they missed out search, smartphones, social media, and then Satya came in and they got back in on the cloud and now they're big on the AI. So it's like they're on the right track. Um yeah, but for a while, they were really struggling. I was like, you know, their stock price was like in the 20s and just yeah. going nowhere. Yeah, interesting. So kind of talk about, um, you know, I really enjoyed this. And uh, kind of there's this idea where um, business owners get rich and operators, they burn out. So um, how do people contact you? I know you've got, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of free resources and, you know, yeah. people want to learn more about the, um, the stages of the founder evolution. How can they follow you?
1: Yeah, the best thing to do is find out where you are right now. Uh, And fortunately, we're able to do that. It's really easy. If you head on over to scalearchitects.com forward slash founders, you can get a a free copy of the book right there for, uh, uh, for free. It's a digital copy. Download it instantly. You can jump right in. And most of you from the first chapter, you know, five minutes in, we'll we'll have an idea of where you are. Now, what the book does, it goes beyond that. And, And the big promise for anyone out there, and this is true for physicians as well, is that it will help you save at least 10 hours this week. If you read the book, And you pay attention to the things that yes, you have to do and and also pay attention to the things you don't have to do anymore. There's not one person that I've talked to that, especially those that have been coaching through the process, I use this exact same process for them that haven't been able to save that amount of time. And so if you want an extra 10 hours and to be able to grow your business and put yourself on the path to becoming an owner, not an operator, then head on over to scalearchitects.com forward slash founders.
0: Yeah. And for the audience, let's thank Scott for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. He talked I think the that's the closest author is Keith Cunningham. You can check out his work and all of Scott's resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah.